Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us, If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you on this Pentecost Sunday. The feast that is with Christmas and Easter, the greatest feast of the church year. It is the great celebration of the Holy Spirit. In some ways, the most overlooked of the Trinitarian persons, unfortunately, but one that is decisively important for the life of the Church. Our reading from the Acts of the Apostles gives us these two great images for the Holy Spirit. Wind and fire. I want to say something about both those images today. The Holy Spirit's like wind. I've always liked the wind. Maybe it's my Irish background. My ancestors come from this blustery, windy country. When I was in Paris studying theology, I had a good friend, Father Tom O'Connor, who now teaches at Maynooth back in Ireland. But on windy days in Paris, he would like to go outside, put his coat and head on, and just walk and walk and walk. Because he said it reminded him of home. I've always felt I've got something of that same thing in my Irish genes. I like being kind of buffeted by the wind. I like feeling the wind pushing me and on me. I kind of like it when I'm driving and you can feel the wind moving and buffeting the car. You realize how powerful it is. I remember vividly, this is many years ago, I was on the Stevenson Expressway and I'm coming along and at the Pulaski overpass, now Chicagoans will understand me. If you're not from Chicago, you won't know where I am. But the Pulaski overpass, there was a huge truck one of these big 18-wheeler wheeler trucks. And I, it was a windy day, and I saw the truck kind of moving back and forth, which was in itself extraordinary. But then, before my eyes, to my amazement, the whole truck turned over. The wind just blew it right over. And it's one of those things where you think, is this really happening? Did I really see that? Is this some kind of a, a scene from a movie? No, that was the wind generating such power that it knocked over this huge truck. I've spoken to you before about my hero, Bob Dylan, the rock and roll singer who loves imagery of wind. His most famous song, of course, is called Blowing in the Wind, which many interpret as a song about the Holy Spirit. But throughout his career, he uses wind as an image. A song called Idiot Wind from the 70s, a song called Caribbean Wind from the 80s, Over and over again, Bob Dylan, like many other poets, uses the symbol of wind. What is wind? And here I know I'm on shaky ground because I'm on, some of you will hear me on WGN radio. Tom Skilling, the meteorologist on WGN, whom I really admire, is going to find this, I'm sure, inadequate if he listens to it. What is wind? Wind is caused by what the meteorologists call convection. Here's how I understand what convection means. 
as the sun heats the earth, it does so in a kind of variegated way, a varying way. So some parts of the earth are, are more heated than others. The air above them then gets heated, and it rises. Convection is the act by which cooler air rushes in to take the place of this rising air. That's what we call wind. So you're on the beach, and the sun is heating the sand, which then heats the air around it. That air rises, and off from the water comes a gentle ocean breeze. Wind, in a word, is the reestablishment of equilibrium in the environment. Now again, I'm sure Tom Skilling will give me a correction or give a much better explanation. But wind is the reestablishment of equilibrium in the environment. Why is the Holy Spirit compared to wind? In fact, that word, spiritus sanctus, that phrase, spiritus sanctus, just means the holy breath, the holy wind. That's all it means. Why is the Holy Spirit compared to wind? Think of it as the inrushing of the divine life to establish or reestablish an equilibrium in the soul. Something's out of balance. Something's not right. The Holy Spirit of God now rushes in to establish this equilibrium within us. How do you feel the Holy Spirit? You know, sometimes as a gentle breeze, if maybe just a little correction is needed in your soul. You might also feel it as a hurricane, a tornado. Think of Saul galloping on the road to Damascus, knowing just where he's going. Confident he's doing God's will. Saul is knocked to the ground. He's dressed by Christ. His whole life is revolutionized. What did Saul experience? The hurricane of the Holy Spirit. Was there a disequilibrium in his life? Yes, big time. Was he off balance, off kilter? Yes. Off center? Yes. And so the Holy Spirit, the divine life, came rushing at him like a hurricane. Listen to this reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the day of Pentecost came, he found the brethren gathered in one place. Suddenly, from up in the sky, there came a noise like a strong driving wind, which was heard all through the house where they were seated. <sighs> driving wind, driving wind that will overturn. Do you ever see the results of a hurricane? We watch those reports now in the news. There's the reporter out there in the 75 mile an hour winds, you know, and the rain is coming in. And you see even these mighty trees uprooted. You see cars that have been carried through the air. You see whole buildings knocked over. A few years ago, I was invited to give a priest retreat in a diocese in South Carolina. We were due to meet right on the oceanfront at a hotel. Well, my visit was coinciding with the arrival of a major hurricane. And I called the day before I was due to arrive, and I said, um, are you still having the meeting? Should I still come? He said, Father, we're not even sure that hotel's gonna be standing tomorrow. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm not coming. 
A hurricane is that powerful. Is the Holy Spirit of God sometimes like that? Uh-huh. Yep. As it rushes in to reestablish a, a great uh, disequilibrium. How else do you experience the wind of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it's more of, a, of an annoyance. You know, like a stinging wind. Like you're outside on a cold day and the wind is just kind of bugging you and stinging you. Read the autobiographies of Thomas Merton or Dorothy Day. What do you find? Not so much someone overwhelmed by a hurricane of the Holy Spirit, but someone whose life is just consistently being changed, challenged. An annoyance is impinging upon them. Why? Because all is not right in their souls. All is not right in their lives. And the Holy Spirit is like this wind that keeps annoying them until they change, until they allow it in. How else can you experience it? Maybe as something that is blocking you. Many years ago now, I took a bike trip from Paris to Rome with a friend of mine. And it was a great adventure. We made it, thank God. But one of the great difficulties, bike riders know this, one of the greatest difficulties is the wind. You could be scooting along very well, doing 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour, if the wind's behind you. But that wind changes, and you're going south, and the wind is coming right up out of the south. It is just a block to your progress. How is the Holy Spirit experienced this wind? Sometimes as a block to my life. As I'm going in the wrong direction, How's God experienced? Like an obstacle. I'm riding against the wind, against the wind of the Holy Spirit. Okay, maybe it's time to move the other way. Maybe it's time to ride with the wind of the Holy Spirit. So far, I've been looking at more negative examples of how the Spirit kind of rushes in to change. Another way to look at it, suppose you have emptied yourself out in a sincere desire to let the Spirit in. What I mean is, you've allowed your own ego, your own desires and concerns to clear out into that empty space, since nature abhors a vacuum, into that empty space will rush the Holy Spirit of God. That's how I'd read the disciples here on Pentecost Sunday. They've experienced the resurrection of Jesus. Now they're waiting. They're cleared out. They're ready. They're emptied out. And now, rushing into that empty space, comes the divine life, comes the wind of the Holy Spirit. What will it do? Boy, it'll move you. Think of that truck being knocked over. Think of trees being uprooted. Think of a ship being carried all the way across the ocean because the wind is in its sails. Wind will carry you, maybe where you don't want to go, maybe where you never imagined you could go. That's the Holy Spirit. When you get with its program, when you get with that wind, it'll carry you and empower you in ways you never imagined possible. That's what today is about. That's what today is about. The church filled up with this breath of God. Let me just say a quick word about this second image. It says, tongues as of fire settled over each of the disciples. 
It's a great biblical image. When the prophet Isaiah was chosen to preach God's word, an angel came with a burning coal, and he placed it on his lips to set his mouth on fire to proclaim the word of God. Whenever people are chosen to preach and speak the word of God, it's like fire burning in their mouths. What's fire like? Fire is attractive. When I was preparing this homily, I have it down here in my notes, just outside my window, a group of students were preparing a barbecue. And they had this big barbecue pit, and they lit the flames. What is it about fire? I was just drawn to it. I was just looking at it. Fire is beautiful. It's attractive. So our fiery speech on behalf of Christ and his church is beautiful and attractive. But what else? Fire is hot and spicy and a little bit dangerous. So it goes up and down the Christian centuries. Every one of these people, with the exception of St. John, every one of these people who received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday, who received the fiery speech, every one of them died a martyr's death. When you speak in that spicy, provocative, dangerous way, you will pay a price. Okay, that's what fiery speech is like. Up and down the Christian centuries, all the great martyrs, from Thomas More to Maximilian Kolbe, all those who took up this challenge of speaking in a beautiful, alluring, and provocative and dangerous way. Wind and flame, the Holy Spirit, the inrushing of the divine life. Clear out a space for it. Clear out a space for it in your life, and in it will come with great power. Secondly, allow your mouths to be touched by that coal. Allow the flame of God's truth to overtake you. Those are the marks of the Holy Spirit, the marks of the church at its best. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. You want the kids to eat healthy foods. They want fast foods and sugary snacks. What's a parent or school administrator to do? Call FSP. We provide nutritious, kid-tested, kid-approved meal service to area schools. Our quality breakfast, lunch, and snack plans are easy to implement and affordable. Take the guesswork out of mealtime by calling FSP at 773-385-5100. FSP, we're more than a school food service.